Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hi, this is Kendra on American Family Radio, and you are listening to Hannah's Heart. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have an exciting and important program lined up for you. Um, But today, I just want to remind you, no matter what season of life God has you in right now, if you've struggled with infertility, are struggling with it now, or miscarriage, or your family planning hasn't gone the way that you thought it would, I just want to let you know God sees you. He is the God who sees. He is with you. He has not forgotten you. And don't forget to be able to have your spirit say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Um, Choose joy today. Choose to clothe yourself um, in the Lord's righteousness to run to Him as your refuge in time of need. He is there for you. He will uphold you through no matter what what your journey has for you. Well, today we are going to be talking about a topic that has been close to my heart this year. And um, just a warning, if you personally have struggled um, with a miscarriage with your family, that's um, what we're going to be talking about today a little bit. Um, I know how painful it is. <laughs> and um, Today we're going to be specifically addressing a question that a lot of you have had that have struggled with a miscarriage. And that question is, where do babies go when they die? Do all babies go to heaven? Do we have that assurance, um, whether you're a believer or not, that that those children are going to be with Jesus? And um, we're going to get into all of that here in just a minute. But first, I'd, I'd like to introduce my guest to you. Um, his name is Alex McFarland, and perhaps you've heard him on Exploring the Word on American Family Radio Weekly. And um, Alex, thank you so much for coming on our show today. You are such a blessing to the kingdom of God. And I I love hearing you on Exploring the Word and people call in with the craziest questions for you. And um, I just love that you're... Your walk with the Lord is so close. You know Scripture, and you're able to help unpack things for people that are that are difficult topics. And that is why we thought to have you on Hannah's Heart today. Well, it is a great honor, Kendra. It really is. And uh, I, I just I thank the Lord for you and your ministry within AFA and to millions of people around the Western Hemisphere. Um, you, you know, I've I've heard you speak. I've heard you on air broadcasting. I've, I've read lots of uh, articles and things that you've written, but one of the things that I, makes you such a powerful witness, and folks, if you ever get to meet Kendra in person, you really shine with the joy of the Lord. You know, Amen. the Bible has a lot to say about our countenance, and, and I commend you, sister, because you really do radiate the presence of Jesus always, and so I'm very honored to know you and Amen. minister with you and it's a privilege to be on the radio together today. Amen. Well, his joy just kind of pokes out when you have him in your heart, doesn't it? It's hard it not does. to. It does. 
Well, it does. When it, when you have the Lord in your life, um, it should be evident. Hmm. Well, before we launch into this very deep topic. I have one random question for you, Alex. I know you get okay. some crazy questions. What is one of the most bizarre questions you've ever had on exploring the word? <laughs> or funny um, questions? Or, or a question we, that a child asked? We've had a lot of questions. You know, we've had uh, early in the show, uh, somebody called in and we, we referred them to counseling, but they said voices were coming out of their air conditioner. Oh, wow. oh And oh, they okay. said that... Um, And then another caller, again, somebody that we felt like probably needed counseling, um, said that they would go down and stare at the streetlight, and an angel would appear and was telling them the future. Wow. And so, but you know, sometimes on on Exploring the Word, um, our job, Bert Harper and myself, our job is to help the listener frame the question. Mm. Uh, For instance, there there was a, a caller who... I think what they were getting at was, how do we know that God does miracles? How do we know that God intervenes in history? And the caller was talking about the Bible, says this, and the Bible's an old book. And um, in Luke 24, the resurrected Jesus cooked the disciples some fish. And then how do we know that Elisha made an axe head float? And and sometimes oh, you hear a, a listener go on this long, circuitous trek to get a question out, and I'm like, where do I jump on this train? But <laughs> it's a blessing. It, it is such a blessing, and we, Bert and I each, we do a lot of praying as mm. we're on live radio, and we we definitely want to share the Word of God with accuracy. Well, and not only do you share it with accuracy and truth, but you also are so compassionate in your all's approach, and that's one of the reasons for today's topic that we um, we love having you on. You know, Jesus came in the spirit of truth, but also love. Um, and so, as we as we approach this topic, I know you're going to be so helpful to uh, to those listening. Um, wow. Well, let's let's jump right in, and let me let me give you a little backstory for this, Alex, of why this sure. question has come up in in my life. Um, my husband and I in. Um, summer of 2021, we had a miscarriage after months Mm. and months of actively seeking the Lord and trying and even some expensive and time-consuming fertility treatments. And of course, it was devastating to us both. And I remember shortly after um, our miscarriage, um, laying in bed with my husband, we're both just crying and pouring our hearts out to the Lord. And, you know, I, I told my husband, I said, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that we will get to meet. We had we had two little um, two little embryos <laughs> um, mm. that that we lost. I said I was, I'm so glad that we're going to get to meet our little babies in heaven someday, and um, and that they're with Jesus. And my husband, of course, not not at all trying to be mean um, or insensitive, but he's he's a man who is a deep seeker of truth. And he just mm-hmm. he looked over to me and he said, "Do we know that?" And I realized at that moment that as far as my um, theology, I didn't really have a scripture to base that on. And phrases like, oh, well, there's an age of accountability popped in my head. And he's like, well, where is that? And I'm like, it's not. That phrase isn't in scripture. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. so I just kind of went on this quest of like, where did I get this idea that when when babies die, that they go to heaven? And so it kind of started me on a journey of wanting to seek scripture and and, um, seek for answers. And I thought, you know, I don't want to believe something just because it's comforting. I want to believe it because it's true. 
And um, so we're going to jump right into this question. Let's, you know, it deals with um, human nature, the corruption of sin from the beginning. It deals with a a lot of, you know, when does life begin issues. Um, But let me just turn it over to you. If you would like to um, first loosely answer what what kind of theories are there that that, um, believers may have about this topic? Wow. Well, Kendra, I feel quite privileged to speak with you about this and to you and your husband or to any couples listening that have experienced a miscarriage or um, infertility. I know there, there are a lot of issues that go along with this because, you know, the desire for family and love and companionship and a spouse and, yes, children, the Lord puts those in our heart and it's it's completely natural to want to you know, uh, build a family. And so when things come along that um, obstruct that, whether it's infertility or uh, childlessness or miscarriage or, you know, I got to tell you, um, as a minister, in the last decade, I have done two funerals for a family that that had two toddlers die. Mm. Completely unrelated, just um, very tragic, just I guess we should say freak accidents. One was a car wreck and a toddler died, and the other was an accident, a Christian couple. And oh my goodness, you you talk about um, agony as a Mm. minister to, and literally this is only a few months ago, but Angie and I, my wife Angie and I were in in the ER at uh, two in the morning with a couple and there had been a, a tragic car wreck, and a four-year-old died. And um, it's not easy because, you know, when, when, we, when we bury a child, uh, any funeral is hard, but especially a, a toddler or a child, it's, it's especially excruciating because we know this is the end of a life that, mm-hmm. that should not have taken place. And, and where could we go but to the Lord? You know, Kendra, I think about... In John chapter 6, when Jesus is with the disciples and um, the Lord asked the disciples, you know, all these people were leaving, and, and Jesus said, well, will, will you go away too? And I, I probably think there was an awkward pause maybe, but finally Peter, good old, the apostle Peter, he says, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so to anyone who hears this broadcast and you're hurting and maybe you've had a tragedy in your life that is just beyond description. For one thing, understand that God is with you. He really Amen. is. And and heartbreak, none of us like it. It's not fun. We, we frantically think about what we might say or do. But here's the thing. Honestly, pain is an opportunity to, to cleave tightly to Jesus and... I can say in, in our own family, in our own journey, but in, in ministering to literally hundreds, maybe thousands of families over the last 35 years, I promise you Jesus is faithful. And if you will run to Jesus, not push him away, but but fall into the arms of Jesus, you will find that that he loves you, he has a plan, and there there really is joy in the morning. You know, the Bible says weeping weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. After a dark, dark night of pain and loss, there really is a, a new morning 
and you're going to find that God has brought you to a good place. Mm. Um, and and I, I think that in a broad sense, and I want to drill down deeply and talk about some verses, but Kendra, in, in a broad sense, it's like Peter said, look, I don't understand, I'm hurting, I'm broken, but Lord, where else am I going to go? Because right. you're the one who is the God of, of all creation. That's such a great platform to start this discussion with because anytime you've struggled with any tragedy in your life, that question of God's goodness kind of comes up in your heart. And, you know, I think specifically as we get to the the question of, you know, where babies go after Mm -hmm. they, they die, it's so important to balance that God is a just God, but he's also a good God and a loving, fair God. And um, both of those come into this discussion. Um, So Alex, let's, let's just jump in. Um, If you'd like, you can start by sharing um, what you believe the biblical answer to this question is, or if you'd like to talk about some of the um, ways that Christians have approached this topic over the years, either one. Well, well, thank you, Kendra. I absolutely 1,000% know from Scripture that when a, a baby dies or a baby is miscarried, that the parents will see that child in heaven. Assuming the and, parents have accepted Christ and are exactly. believers. Assuming, I'm, I'm assuming the mom and dad that know the Lord too. Hmm. Um, so uh, that's the most important thing, that if you're listening to this broadcast, to make sure that you hmm. indeed have a relationship with Jesus. And we often say Jesus is as close by as a prayer. And so you can call on the Lord and make sure that you have Jesus in your heart. But in uh, uh, 2 Samuel, uh, I believe it's 2 Samuel 12, 23, David uh, and Bathsheba had conceived, and the baby died. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, David says this. David says, he cannot return to me, but I will one day go to him. Now, let me give you another scripture, and then I'm going to piggyback. But in Matthew 18, 6, the Lord Jesus was talking about children and said, whoever harms one of these little children, it would be better that there would be a millstone tied around his neck and he'd be dropped in the depths of the sea. Now, a millstone is a big round rock they used to grind wheat on. So here's the thing. There's this absolutely strict prohibition, you don't harm children. And we know God is not going to harm children. So um, we know that a child is very precious in the eyes of God. And in the case of David and Bathsheba, you know, David, after he heard that the child had died, he, he bathed and cleaned himself mm-hmm. up and went and worshiped God. And then he took Bathsheba and they, they were husband and wife. But here, this is a very key thing. We know that every human being... We often say people have a soul, to be a little more precise, people are a soul. Mm. We have a body. And David said that 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 baby, he mourned for the child, but he said that baby can't return down here to earth because of Hebrews 9.27, that there there's no coming back after death. We do not believe in reincarnation. So we have a sojourn in this world, and then when we leave this world, uh, our soul, the real you, the real us, we go to eternity. Well, a baby goes to heaven. Now, let, let me say this, Kendra. One of the key things of Christian thought is that personhood 
begins at conception. The person, the, the real you, is known to God. And ideally, you know, we think about life being, you know, as the Bible says, three score and ten. But C.S. Lewis, the great thinker C.S. Lewis, he lived 1898 to 1963. And C.S. Lewis, uh, somebody asked him, he said, it's just not fair. Some people die so young. And Lewis said, actually, we all have the same amount of time in this world, a lifetime. Mm. Now, by our definition, some lifetimes seem to go on very long, and other lifetimes seem to be tragically short. But Lewis gently reminded one of his, you know, parishioners, if you will. He said, you know, God is the giver of life, and God, God gives life, and God calls it in. Now, when we're hurting and we're mourning the loss of a loved one or mourning the loss of a child, you know, I realize, you know, theology is not a great comfort. But what I have found out in in our own lives, but also in interviewing many, many people, loss is really a call to come close to Jesus. And for each person, it's different. I mean, the journey of grief or the journey of waiting or patiently, um, you know, listening for the direction of God, it's different. The timetable is different. The range of emotions can be different. But what I have found, and and I, I can say this, and I know a lot of people would concur, ultimately, if we allow the Holy Spirit to draw us to Christ— and we, we worship while we wait, and we say, God, I don't understand right now, but Lord, I'm going to praise you. We know you do all things well. We know you're a good God. You're, you're not cruel. You're not malicious. Lord, help me to get to the place you want me to be in this journey. There's going to be a day when you can look back and you say, you know what? My God is faithful. And, uh, you know, I do believe scripturally we can make that case like many great thinkers, Augustine and Billy Graham and some of the great thinkers throughout history, C.S. Lewis included, have said, look, uh, God loves people. God loves children. David knew he was going to see his child in heaven. And and let me just say this as well, uh, Kendra. I, I fully believe that we will know each other in heaven. I'm, mm. I'm going to tell you a couple of scriptural reasons. In Matthew 17, Peter, James, and John went up on a mountain with Jesus. Now, they saw there on this mountain uh, Moses and Elijah. Now, now you think about it, Moses and Elijah had been dead for centuries, and yet they all knew each other. Peter, James, and John recognized that it was Moses and Elijah. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the New Testament, it says regarding heaven, we will know as we are known. So personhood begins at conception. Mm. God loves every soul that he creates. And yes, in heaven, we're going to know each other. I mean, you'll walk up and there's Amos the prophet who's who died, you know, 2,500 years before any of us were living, and yet we'll know each other. And so God is a God who is all about relationship. And to any uh, bereaved parents, I, I want to say, uh, I know it's it's not fun to walk through a valley. It's, it's not easy to wait, but you're going to see that child again. 
uh, you will know who that child is. And in heaven, there will be a, a, a state of perfect love, maturity, no more tears. And there is a temptation to, to hold God at arm's length or to turn away from God. No, look, the only resolution and the only um, healing and hope is in Jesus. So if you find yourself uh, at a time of bereavement or, or loss, don't push God away. This is all the more reason to draw God close and to trust what his promises are. Very, very helpful. Well, I'm just going to push back and play devil's advocate for just a moment here because there are so many um, questions that I had in my mind when trying to um, accept this. So the first one that comes to my mind is um, why is it that babies get, I'm going to call it a free pass to heaven, when all other humans are expected that the only way to heaven is by accepting um, the redemptive work of Christ on the cross, and they haven't had a, a chance to do that. Why is it that, that babies fall into this different category? Well, great, great question. Great question. Uh, Jesus came to be our Savior because we needed saving. <laughs> and uh, scholars, you know, I think of um, some great scholars, past and present, but they talk about the fact that God is a God of grace, and Part of the reason that like when we become, I don't know, it might be seven or eight years old, and we understand right from wrong, that we are morally accountable to God. Now, the gospel is about having a relationship with the Savior. Now, frequently people ask the question, they'll say, you know, well, what about the person who's born in the jungle and they don't know, they don't hear the gospel? Well, here's, here's one thing that many many Christian thinkers have concluded, like the late Reverend Billy Graham, God is not going to demand that you do something it would be impossible for you to do. God is a God of order. God is a God of grace. And also, scholars talk about something morally sufficient. Like, for instance, um, and I'm just going to be very blunt here because this is these are questions that come up. So if a baby or a child died and was not in heaven but in hell, scholars have said, look, God really wouldn't have a morally sufficient reason for doing that, hmm. for the child to be punished for something it didn't, didn't know, didn't understand, with no recourse whatsoever. And though you mentioned it, Kendra, the phrase, quote, age of accountability is not in the Bible, that wording. I definitely think the concept is because it talks about Jesus um, before he knows to choose right over wrong, the Spirit of God would be upon him. So babies are under, you can call it God's grace, but while there is the sin nature of Adam and Eve, um, for a baby who's you know pre-adolescent, and they've not had that moment where they realize they're accountable to God. Um, scholars just universally have said, look, uh, there's no morally sufficient reason that God wouldn't take them to heaven. And if God threw a child into hell, it would probably violate the Matthew 18:6, where Jesus said, no one by any means should harm a child. Mm-hmm. So it, it is true the rest of us, once we realize and 
it's different ages for different people. Maybe it's 11 or 12 or 13 years old, and we realize the sense of our guilt and our sin. Then we're accountable and we're obliged. Jewish history said that uh, most Jewish historians of old felt like that um, young people, boys and girls, were really under God's grace till they were about 20. Mm. Because wow. <laughs> uh, teens, even late teens that are bar mitzvahed, bat mitzvahed, they're adults, but they still can do phenomenally stupid things. And, and I, you know, <laughs> what do they I, I say? The about, frontal lobe in a person's um, brain doesn't fully form until your 20s, and it's the yeah. the part that helps you with forethought and planning. <laughs> yeah, and you know uh, the the frontal cortex, which thank you, <laughs> uh, very often deals with um, not only uh, critical thinking skills mm. and decision making, but self control. Mm. And and you're right. Hey, by the way, you know, um, girls, uh, young ladies develop critical thinking skills more quickly than guys, and I think that's no obvious. <laughs> no comment on that one. <laughs> they do. Well, Alex, this is so helpful in unpacking a very complicated situation. I think there's even more that we might need to unpack here, including questions about, does my baby become an angel in heaven? Um, is God punishing me for being... Um, something wrong that I've done. Is that why this miscarriage is happening? We would love to have you on for another program next week to continue this discussion um, and pointing us to the Word. So thank you so much. We will look forward to having you again next week. And if you're listening to this, thank you so much for joining us. We are praying for you no matter what you're going through. Keep clinging to Christ because He is your rock. Thanks for listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio.